What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bill Reacts and to Fire Up the Mics. Got to make sure I know what I'm doing here. We are going to react, review a person talking about minor attracted persons. She has it broken up into introduction, treatment barriers, treatment goals, treatment actions, future treatment directions, and a summary. It's an 11 total minute video. We'll see if we get all the way through it. Uh, watch it with me. Listen to my thoughts. Try to understand my thoughts. And that's my only um, qualifier. When you hear me give my thoughts, try to understand what I mean. I know a lot of people like to pop up at the mouth and say a bunch of stuff. You already have your thoughts based on this, as do I. So keep this in mind. I'm responsible for what I say, not for what you hear. And let's check this out. Possible therapeutic goals and future implications on interventions. So first, a bit of an introduction. Firstly, it's important for counselors and therapists to become more familiar with the treatment needs needs and services related to people with paedophilic interests. This could therefore enhance the competence to provide ethical, compassionate and effective counselling or therapy. Okay, so introduction here. She is saying that professionals need to be more open, more willing to help. Okay, I'm not against that. I'm not against that. This is especially important considering the stigmatized and how it's a hard to reach population. So what do we know about paedophilia and paedophilic disorder in relation to diagnostic criteria? So DSM-5 has categorized paraphilia and paedophilic disorders into two different subcategories. So paraphilia is related to intense and sexual interest. However, paraphilic disorders requires distress or impairment to the specific individual or harm or risk of harm to others. So therefore, individuals may have a sexual interest but may not feel distressed by this or there may not be a risk to harm and therefore this wouldn't be classified as a paraphilic disorder. Therefore, paedophilia would relate to attraction to prepubescent children, typically around 13, whereas paedophilic disorder requires a pattern of recurrent fantasies, urges or behaviours that persist at least over six months. And this would cause... So you have to have thoughts of little kids for at least six months to be considered a pedophile. I'm not too familiar with paraphilia, but it sounds like they have the same affliction as she calls it, but do not act on it. So they're not stressed out by it. They're not worried about it. Okay, I guess. Um, that's interesting. Was distress or interpersonal difficulty. So now let's think of barriers to treatment. And from now on, I'm going to refer to individuals as minority attracted persons or MAPS for short. So researchers have found that stigma towards minor attraction can lead to avoidance of help seeking and therefore increase the risk of subsequent child abuse. While some MAPS report a willingness to seek therapy, less than half of these individuals actually found the experience helpful. Non offending MAPS suggests that there are common themes such as self-loathing, cognitive dissonance, which is often contributed to enormous shame and despondence at the realization that they are suffering from affliction that has no resolution. All right, so there's a stigma around pedophiles, around maps, as she says. You know, we looked this up the other day. Stigma is a negative connotation on something. Well, these people are attracted to little kids. That's negative. That's not an okay thing. So there should be a stigma. It's not, it's not right. 
Now, the affliction. Okay. Treatment barriers. I put it to you like this. I think that people who are gay, people who are pedophiles, I think you're born that way. I think it's hardwired into your genetic makeup. I think you have no choice. Now, I'm going to say this now as I go throughout this video. My one and only issue with this video, because I already see, I've seen a bunch of these already, trying to justify uh, being a pedophile as an affliction. I'll put it to you like this. I believe you're born that way, same as someone who was gay. We don't call someone who's gay, they don't have an affliction. We're not trying to treat them to fix them. They are attracted to the same sex. Same as a pedophile is attracted to children. There's one giant difference between the two. A child is innocent. They do not have the wherewithal to make decisions. They do not understand that an adult is manipulative, will lie. You know, again, kids are innocent in mind. They don't really understand life. The problem with this is they're trying to justify kids and adults because they're trying to justify an eight-year-old can go get a sex change. So they're saying an eight-year-old can choose to be in a relationship with an adult. That's what this is about. I'm not going to get intense about it. This stuff bothers me big time. I, I'm going to keep going, but I don't even want to finish this video because there's nothing you can say that can justify an adult wanting a relationship with a little kid. I will say this to those who go and seek treatment, who are non-offending, as they say. I look at it as being someone who wants, who's transgender, who feels they're trapped in the bot and they're in a wrong body. They didn't ask for this. They didn't wake up one day and said, "I'm going to like little kids." They know it's wrong, so they try to seek help. The people who they're coming to seek help from have a stigma about it. As should they. It's not an okay thing. It is not the norm. It is not mainstream. The left politically are trying to make it mainstream by saying if an eight-year-old can choose. To have a sex operation, an eight-year-old can choose to be with an adult in a relationship. That is what this is about, okay? Again, I'm going to repeat it two or three times. That is what this is about. For the, for the ones who are trying to seek help, who know this is wrong, who haven't offended, I couldn't imagine being attracted to a little kid, knowing everything about that is wrong. I am not justifying your actions if you choose to cross the line. There's nothing to say. There's nothing okay with that. Children are innocent. They don't know any better. At that point, you become a predator, in my opinion, because you know it's wrong. And you can't say you don't know it's wrong because society has set that standard. You are not allowed to, be a, to have a relationship with a child. People get in trouble for 19 years old dating a 17-year-old, statutory rape. And they're worrying about minorly attracted persons to a prepubescent child and an adult. This is about making your kids at 8 years old decide what sex they want to be. They can decide if they want to have sex with a 35-year-old with a person. That's what this is about.
Therefore, suicidal thinking is extremely common and a suicide attempt has been reported to be seen in at least one-fourth to one-third of this specific population. Part of the stigma that is related to society is due to the scepticism that paedophilia is a mental illness and minor attraction is a specific choice. Therefore, it's negative societal narratives are internalised by these individuals, which infuses psychologically damaging beliefs which then deters individuals from seeking help as well as influencing their self-identity negatively. Listen, again, if you're, if you're someone who believes that people choose this, they choose this type of ridicule, this type of public shame, so to speak, that's your opinion. Again, I sit here with Steve. He's a Christian. He believes that you choose to be gay, that you're not born gay. He believes it's something you choose to do. Uh, he'll hear this and either correct it or not correct it. But we had that conversation enough to know you're choosing to live a life of sexual sin, is what he will say. These people, in my opinion, do not have a choice. They recognize there's something wrong. I look at it again. The affliction, as she calls it, the whatever in your mind, if your attraction to the same sex is allowed, it's not an affliction, why is the attraction to a minor an affliction? Why is it not the same thing? And again, not justifying that being homosexual is okay, so dating little kids as an adult is okay. No. Little kids are innocent. They do not know any better. They have not lived a life. They do not understand how life works, which is why they cannot make decisions for sex change, which is why they're trying to make this okay. If you can make a decision as an eight-year-old to change your sex, you can make your decision as an eight-year-old to be with an adult. That's what this is about. Sorry to keep saying it, but I'm probably going to say it a few more times. But this here, how I look at it, it's the same thing. It's your attraction to another human being. Same sex, minor. Why is one becoming okay with society and one not? And why are they making the one that is not the little kids, why are they trying to make that okay? In my eyes, hopefully in your eyes, it will never be okay. I saw something the other day where um, it was a clip on YouTube where the LGBTQ community, the, the ad, the, somebody wanted to add the plus to include pedophiles. And LGBTQ was like, hell no, we're not doing this. That's not okay. Now, again, that's just a news report that I saw or a clip I saw on YouTube. Who knows how accurate that is? And I'll say it a hundred times, kids are innocent. They do not know any better. This will never be okay. Also, MAPS are reluctant to seek treatment due to expectations that they will be treated judgmentally and disrespectfully considering societal stigma, as well as fears of unethical breaches of confidentiality and apprehension that counsellors and therapists do not have enough knowledge about minor attraction. Therefore, most MAPS do not receive treatment until many years after they've considered it, and only a minority of these individuals are satisfied with the services that they receive. So now let's go into the therapeutic needs and goals 
which might increase the effectiveness of current interventions. So it's important to consider the difference between the specific individual goals of the individual compared to the goals that the clinician believes is important and how the discrepancy in that might affect the therapeutic alliance and relationship and therefore decrease the effectiveness of therapy. So MAPS report encountering that clinicians who assume that the dominant goal of therapy should be to control or change sexual feelings. However, MAPS themselves have identified be. a range of other psychological needs that they deemed as more important when seeking psychological counselling. These goals include a desire to increase self-esteem, decrease isolation, and deal with the social-cultural stigma of minor attraction. This also includes understanding their sexuality and increasing the ability to create genuine and authentic relationships. So again, we're, we're talking about the non-offenders, we'll call them, like she says, the ones who haven't given to their urges. They want to live a normal life. They want to be treated as such. They want to seek help to not feel so bad. Listen, I'm okay with all that. The serial killer who never kills anybody is a regular person. The pedophile who never acts on it is a regular person. So it sounds like they want the help to control, to make them feel like they're worth something, not hate themselves for what they feel, want to be in society with no issues. I mean, again, as a human being who hasn't done anything, who hasn't crossed the line, we should want that for everybody. But what do you do? You know, if you could keep it in control, are you a pedophile? I would say no. You can be attracted to little kids. Okay, that's, you know, that's a problem for me. But it's how you're wired and you're trying to seek help. Those who are the clinicians, help. These people clearly recognize there's something wrong. They don't want to live a life like this. Hopefully, you can provide, provide the help. Hopefully, this is an affliction that can be altered and they can lose that attraction to children. Personally, I don't think so. I hope so because children are innocent and they don't know any better. This would therefore lead to reduced depression and increased contentment in their quality of life. Some clinicians also made assumptions that the client had already or would inevitably engage in victimization. Although some MAPs did identify sexual frustration as a goal of therapy, along with a desire to reduce child attraction and increase adult attraction. Therefore, this would lead to a dual focus on child sexual abuse prevention, as well as increasing client well-being. Preventing abusive behaviour is in the best interest of the MAPs clients since most wish to both avoid harming children as well as reduce suffering legal consequences. Therefore, some theoretical and clinical components from CBT... I mean, your number one and only should be not abusing little kids. Uh, avoiding prosecution, avoiding criminal charges shouldn't even be on your radar. You're, that means you want to do it and get away with it. That's what that means. That's what I heard. Responsible for what you say, not for what you hear. But that's what I heard. I'm worried about implications law-wise. Well, then the only way that happens is if you act on it. So your main and only concern should be not abusing a child.
immunity could be applied. This would aim to avoid clinicians' judgment or invalidating responses to sexual orientation as well as gender identity. Affirmative CBT helps clients reframe one's view of themselves as disordered and pathological and goes towards a more accepting self-narrative to cope with the complex range of internal feelings and external messages that are both stigmatizing and demoralizing. Therefore, in working with MAPS, this clearly condemns abuse of children while also attempting to congruently realign thoughts and feelings of self-acceptance while attempting to congruently re- I mean, it's weird to hear as someone who doesn't have an issue like that, self-acceptance having to accept that you are attracted to children. You know, how do you do that? Like, if I like brunettes, I'm attracted to brunettes. I only want brunettes. But I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll date a blonde chick. Is that the same thing? Like, I'm attracted to little kids, only want little kids, but I'll go get with an adult. It seems like you should change your type if you if you if it's a possibility you know what i mean i don't know man that's um i don't know realign thoughts and feelings towards self-acceptance so now let's go on to specific examples of how these strategies might take place firstly accepting and confirming the client's dignity and worth the clinician's acceptance of the client does not imply endorsement of illegal or abusive contact. Secondly, using neutral language that reflects the client's preferred terminology. For example, referring to themselves as minor attracted or asking what term is more comfortable to be used. Also asking clients... Now, I'm not a doctor, but, but if your goal is to help somebody and the first step is identifying how they want to be addressed, I guess you would have to do it. You would have to identify someone you know as a pedophile. They don't want to be deemed that because of the stigma of being attracted to little children. They'd prefer the name minor attracted person. It's the same thing. But if your goal is to help, you would have to, you would have to do that, right? Again, all this on someone who has not acted on the urge, someone who recognizes they have a problem, like the athlete that does steroids or cheats on his wife. Don't come apologizing after you get caught. Screw you. Admit to it beforehand. Say, listen, I thought about doing this. I screwed up. That's what these people are doing. I have this urge. I don't want this urge. I need your help. Help them. Everybody wins in that situation. The child doesn't get abused. The person who has the attraction, if it's altered, they can feel they can live a regular life. That's what everybody wants in this situation. So as a person who's going to help, I guess you got to put your personal feelings to the side. I hope so anyway. ...to share their view of themselves and how they recognize the evolution of their sexuality, helping make sense of their own self-narrative and identity. This involves remembering that sexuality is fluid, dynamic, and uniquely experienced. Thirdly, clarifying the clinician's it's role not, no, and the primary... Sexuality is not fluid. Therapy, ...supporting the client's self-determination to improve their well-being. Because clients pursue mental health services for a variety of reasons, it is important for the therapist to seek the client's perspective. Fourthly, to be direct and not shy away from tough content. So this would include asking questions like asking how the minor attraction affects them on a daily basis, as well as what their biggest concern is regarding their sexual interests. 
uh, without making yeah, that should go without saying. conveying an understanding of the client's experience as well as normalizing their feelings. For example, mentioning how isolating and lonely it must feel to have to keep this secret from society as well as close friends and loved ones, but also stating that they're not the only one who's had these feelings before. Sixthly, I mean, listen, Steve likes to point out allowing abortion in 1950 is in 2022, late-term abortion, ending a child's life as long as the umbilical cord is still attached. If allowing people to come out of the closet, so to speak, you know, being afraid to tell their friends, afraid to tell their family, that's become okay. And now we're moving up to being, okay, well, I like little kids, so should I, should I tell people? Will they accept me? Again, they're trying to make this thing mainstream and it's not there's nothing you can rationally say to me where this will make sense a child does not know how the world works they should not be picking a gender they should not be okay or be allowed to make decisions regarding relationships with adults that's what this is about. Offering psychoeducation about pedophilia, minor attraction, and development of sexual attraction, which could then provide accurate information and disconfirm flaws that have been... This would involve providing accurate information and therefore disconfirmation of flawed beliefs. For example, some maps believe from media that people with pedophilia are monsters who cannot be helped. Therefore, it's important to state that having these attractions does not make them a bad person and that you can see their desire to change and to confirm that they are not considering. Again, for me, I wouldn't say they're bad people. They have an, they have an attraction to something that, in my opinion, is not okay, but they have no control over it. If they have not offended, if they have not acted on those urges, and they're seeking help. You got to get them the help they need. They are doing the right thing. And again, if you're one of these people who believe they're choosing to do this, I disagree with you. I don't believe anybody would choose to live this type of lifestyle. I think that they are there in therapy trying to reduce risk of harm to others as well as better themselves. Seventhly, to not assume that maps have an increased or more uncontrollable sexual urge than other people. However, it's also important to consider hypersexuality, impulsivity, emotional dysregulation, or sexualized methods for coping with stress that could lead to increased risk of abusive behavior. These can be areas for assessment and attention if needed. However, if these are not seen, then it shouldn't be assumed that their sexual urge is stronger or more impulsive than other people's. It's important to also consider that some minor attracted individuals have history of childhood trauma or abusive trauma. Therefore, this can increase the risk of maladaptive thinking, relational issues, self-regulation strategies, or ineffective coping. Therefore, a trauma-informed approach is required and would be useful in conceptualizing clients' problems, urges, and feelings. Number nine, acknowledging the pain associated with the loss of one's sexual self. Clients with exclusive minor attraction may find themselves in the inevitable position on having to give up the only potential source of sexual satisfaction. This may lead them to feel more destined to live a lonely life without intimate connection, marriage, or family. These individuals will... I mean, what do you do if you... If you I mean, I, I, she's trying to explain that, you know, some of these people have had horrible past, problems growing up. A lot of people have. A lot of people have no problems. A lot of people become serial killers. 
Does that, you know, one of the same? I don't know. But I, I would, um, I don't think, or I think very little in your childhood makes you gay. I, again, I believe you're born that way. Very little in your childhood, well, more so in your childhood, I would say, abuse or whatnot could turn you into a serial killer. We've seen countless document, document, um, documentaries on that. Is this the same thing? I don't think so. Again, I think your attraction, which is what this is, attracted to the same sex, attracted to a child, I think is an attraction. And in case it gets jumbled, I do not and am not saying that gay people are pedophiles. They're attracted to the same sex of the proper age like everybody else is to the opposite sex. The pedophile, the minor attracted, is to minors. They're pedophiles. That's, a, that's not okay. But... It's an attraction, something, in my opinion, they have no control over. Will then feel more lonely, sad, or frustrated in the idea of giving up this part of themselves. And lastly, as stated earlier, it's important to offer hope that clients can have a normal life despite their minor attraction, and they are also able to build meaningful, authentic relationships and pursue avenues of increased self-esteem. So All right. Um... You know, you want to have better relationships? Listen, I get all that stuff, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize here, wind it down here. If I haven't said it already, I'll, I'll get in summary. This minor attracted stuff, if you can get an eight-year-old to say, I want to switch genders, if they can be deemed cognitively aware enough to change their sex without telling a parent, the same people pushing that agenda, the liberals, are going to say, well... Why can the eight-year-old date a 27-year-old? Why can an eight-year-old date a 35-year-old? That's what this is about. They have you guys pushing, yeah, freedom, change your gender, be happy, be you. Okay, let's slide in eight-year-olds and 35-year-olds. Be happy, be you. Wait, huh, what? What do they just do? No, that's not okay. But they're getting you to get their rallying cry for transgenders now they're going to slide in with pedophiles. That's what this is about. There's a good chance. Maybe I'll conspiracy corner about it. They did this to set up pedophiles. How can we get people to say, man, I want it to be okay for adults and children to engage in sexual relationships? How do we get people to believe an eight-year-old can make their own decisions? Light bulb. Let's say they can switch their sex. You guys bought right into that. Now they're coming after your kids. They are saying they want to have adults be in intimate relationships with your grandkids, your children, your 8-year-old, your 12-year-old, prepubescent. That's a problem. To those who know they have an issue and are seeking help, I hope you get it. I hope the clinicians out there are taking it seriously. I hope... You haven't crossed the line because after that, I've got no time for you. You're a criminal. You belong in whatever institution they see fit. Children are innocent. They do not know how the world works. The best way I can put it. They do not know how to navigate crazy situations such as an adult thinking they're cute. We've, I've referenced this the other day. 
We've all seen the ID channel where the 17, 18, not 18, 15, 16, 70-year-old kid gets a Facebook message from a modeling agent and says, send me nudes. I want to hook you up with a modeling agency. And they do it, and they're blackmailed for years. These are 16, 17, non-prepubescent. They're trying to say prepubescent kids can have relationships with adults who are pedophiles. You know, I hope they get the help they need. I hope it is something that can be corrected. My opinion, your attraction is set at birth. It's what you are, how you're genetically wired. It's a weird video, man. I don't know how, you know, we're having the way, the way they're bringing stuff around nowadays. One is to help out the other one. In my opinion, they're saying it's okay to change your gender at eight. Go have a relationship with a, with a 34-year-old. This is what society is doing to us right now. Keep your eye open because they're, they're putting this in front of our face. They're doing something else behind our back. So that's, I'm going to do a, probably a few of these thoughts on these minor attracted people, the pedophile stuff. Maybe it'll be overkill, but I do not think it can be overstated that these are children and they do not have the cognitive ability to maneuver a manipulative adult. That's what I think it would be, and that's a problem. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good day.